Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I welcome you this evening. Appreciate you spending some of your evening with us tonight. I'm happy to welcome Kyle Gardner, who's going to share his story. Thanks, Kyle, for coming down. You came, actually came down from Twin Falls. Yep. Down and uh, sharing your story with us. I appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, thanks. So tell us a little bit about your history as a Latter-day Saint. Um, well, I grew up LDS, was born yeah. a Mormon. All my family are still LDS, very active, all temple attending LDS. Wow. Um, you were born in the covenant, so to speak? and Yeah, I was. Um, grew up going to church every week, um, deacons, quorum president, teachers, first assistant to the president as a, a priest. As a priest, yeah. Um, I graduated seminary in high school, got my Duty to God award. Wow. Uh, my Eagle Scout. Oh, you were... Very active and involved, huh? I was. Seminary, what did, any questions ever come up in seminary that... Uh, you know, honestly, I didn't really have any doctrinal questions or any real questions at all yeah. um, in high school. And, and up until my mission, I never questioned anything. It was just taught to be the absolute truth, and you just didn't question it. Your family was active, so you were at church all, every every week. and Yeah, all my family, all my friends, everybody I associated with was yeah. LDS. So it just, that's, that's just what we w were. Was this in Twin Falls? Um, Twin Falls, Kimberly, Idaho, yes. Yeah. Wow, is, is that, um, I guess, very concentrated with Latter-day Saints, is that right? Yep, they, they built a temple there in Twin Falls a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I actually went to, to high school and elementary and junior high in Kimberly there, so it's a, a smaller town that's away from Twin Falls, and there's a, a very high percentage of Latter-day Saints there. Wow. So, you mentioned a mission. Where did you go on your mission? Um, I served my mission in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, I that, loved it there. Is that a Spanish-speaking or...? It was English-speaking. Oh. So I went there right at age 19. Yeah. I left and got trained. I, I served as a, a trainer and a district leader, a zone leader. Wow. And I, re I really, really loved my mission. Yeah. I, there was a lot of things that I learned, and that's really where I started uh, my questioning journey. Really? Of, of where I where I was and what I understood to be truth and what I could find. I never questioned it until then, and then I really dove into it. So do you feel like you had a testimony when you were growing up, though, in seminary? You may have had opportunities to bear your testimony around the campfire or something, and did you ever do that? You know, I, I did. I shared my testimony in fast and testimony meetings yeah. and attended all the church camps, and yeah. I went to all the different youth group activities, and I, I did share my testimony a lot. The the thing I guess that was different in how I shared it um, on my mission and actually for my whole life as a Latter-day Saint is I never would say I know the church is true or I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet. I couldn't ever get myself to do that. You'd I, say I believe or? I, yeah, I'd say I, I believe the church is true or I hope the church is true and I would just kind of put emphasis on that and I actually talked to my mission president about it when I was on my mission just saying, you know, I, I can't get what, myself to say, say I know. <laughs> he said, "He said what I should do from that point on is just to state it as fact. 
You know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the true church. Joseph Smith was a prophet. He just said, take that word no out of it. Rather than I know, just yeah, say he it. He just said, state true. it as a fact. And so did you do that? I, I, I did that. Did you ever notice anyone else saying it the way you were avoiding saying it? Um, you know... It's interesting all that people the, would have those. Yeah, all the times I've really ever heard people share their testimony, it just seems they're repetitive. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. They don't really question, but they know all, all the answers, and they In know fact, that it's it, true. It almost seemed, if you were to say, I believe, it almost would seem like, well, it doesn't really have a very strong testimony. Yeah, when I got home from my mission, I got um, engaged within a month, and I was married in the Manti Utah Temple. and. Yeah. That thing itself actually caused some marital issues. Is she would she would ask me, please go up and share your testimony. Say that I know the church is true. T tell people that you know Joseph Smith is a prophet. I want you to hear to hear you say I know. And I just said I, I'll go up and I'll share it, but I I can't say I know. I said I'll I'll go up and I'll say I hope. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, did she uh, had she waited for you on your mission? Yeah, we dated oh. all through high school. Oh. Um, we wrote to each other while yeah. I was on my mission and. We were both very, very active um, LDS growing up, and um, that two years on our missions, or on my mission, I guess, yeah, we yeah. just wrote to each other and didn't take into account the amount of change that can happen within a two-year period of time. So within a month or so, you were... I was, en I was engaged within a month, and oh I was married within three months. Oh my goodness. So, And you feel like now maybe you had changed <laughs> yep. a little bit over those two years. and. I started yeah. questioning things, which was an unacceptable thing to do. Yeah. Well, what kind of things were you questioning? Um, well, the very first thing that I ever questioned um, as a Latter-day Saint believing was on my mission my very first week out. Um, I went there with my trainer. I was brand new and fresh, and we went to meet with a, an investigator. And he brought up the couplet um, that we've heard before, as, as, man, as man is, God once was, mm -hmm. and as God is, man may become. And he mm -hmm. said, what do you think of that, elders? And my companion just kind of looked at me, and I assume he was trying to get in his trainer's moment just to see what the new guy would say. And, and I looked at the investigator, and I said, we don't believe that at all. I said, you're teaching anti-Mormon stuff. I've never heard that, and I do not believe that. And my Had you heard it before? I hadn't. Oh, my goodness. And my companion elbowed me, and <laughs> he said, stop that. And he said, yes, we do believe that. <laughs> and so he pulled up the scripture in the New Testament that said, uh, we believe in Lord's many and God's many, taking it out of context, I know now. Yeah, but that so he was, he was saying that yes, we do believe that. Yeah, he got after me when we got back to the apartment and said, you know, don't you ever, <laughs> you know, when we're at appointments, don't you ever say anything that you don't know what the church's stance on. You need to to know what the church's stance are, are, wow. and you need to have scripture to back yourself up. And so I kind of, from that point on, I became like <laughs> the Bible person. I went and bought a missionary pal so that I could look up, okay, faith versus works, God's yeah. many, and just like look at all of the out-of-context verses that pick point those things wow. in the Bible. And so I would cross-reference it and make a scripture chain that would say, you know, multiple gods. And when people would ask me from that point on, I'd have yeah, a scripture a chain that I could, of, yeah. I could throw at them so quickly <laughs> that they wouldn't even have time to know what I was saying, and I didn't even know at the time that I was using them out of context. I just knew, you know, it says, Those yeah. Those are the scriptures we use in the church, mm -hmm. the LDS used. So did you have other people that challenged your beliefs in the church through their, through your mission? Through my mission in, in Mesa, Arizona, there's a lot of um, Latter-day Saint people there. There's also a lot of people that are against it there, so there's a lot of people questioning. and. 
um, a, a lot of, I guess, scripture bashing opportunities. Uh, they're prepared kind of on both sides of the issues, I suppose. Mm -hmm. huh? So through my mission, I kind of became known as the missionary to call. So I'd have companions and other people. We weren't supposed to call each other if we weren't companions, but I'd have other missionaries in the same mission call me at night How and say, answer? <laughs> yeah, I've got, somebody asked me a question about this. What are the Bible verses? And so I'd open up my little scriptures that I'd prepare and be like, oh, it says it here, 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 and wow. here, not taking account what that chapter talked about, just those wow. particular verses. Well, let me ask you this, and I've asked others this same question, but do you feel like you were preaching Jesus on your mission? Or do you feel like you were preaching the church and prophets and Book of Mormon and well, the emphasis was definitely Joseph Smith and the Prophets and the Book of Mormon. Um, at the time, I believed that we were teaching the Gospel of, of Jesus Christ. I believed yeah. that, that as Latter-day Saints, we love Jesus Christ and we, we believe in Him. And so it, to even think that we didn't believe that was, it was it's just, just kind crazy. of an underlying fact mm -hmm. that we just assumed that everybody knows where we believe in Jesus or right. something. But, but our words are really we want you to read the Book of Mormon, pray about the Book of Mormon, and we have current prophets, and God mm -hmm. called a prophet. That's what I felt on my mission, at least, that, that I was kind of preaching that. So you get home, you get married, and in the Manti Temple, uh, had your wife been through the temple before? She hadn't been through the temple before. Um, I had been before. And well, you went through before your mission, I yeah, guess. Yeah, before my mission, that was... What did you think of the temple? The temple was a crazy experience for me. I, I had taken the, the temple preparation classes and thought that I was pretty prepared for it. And then once I got into the temple itself and got into the Washington anointing room and got all naked except for the, mm. the covering that we're, we're wearing and the, the officiator started blessing me and touching different parts of my body. And yeah. I was just like, whoa, what's going on? And I've heard they've changed that part of the temple ceremony now. Um, but then we got into the endowment room and started putting on all these different articles of clothing and I'm looking around at all of my family that are all active LDS and they're doing it comfortably and I'm just thinking, what is going on? What are we doing? I, and I, I talked to my dad about it afterwards and said, this is crazy. And he said, you know, just keep going. The more you go, the more comfortable you're going to get with yeah. it, the more you'll, you'll get the message. And so that's what I did. I kept going over and over and that and in time, it, I became more comfortable with it. It was just like, okay. The shock kind of wears off of what is this we're actually doing. And Yeah, I just accepted yeah. it. And your wife, uh, when she went through the temple, was she okay with yeah, she didn't with have, it? Yeah, didn't she didn't have the same reaction that I did. She <laughs> fully accepted it. And, and so you were active as a young married couple and mm -hmm. doing different things, I guess, in the church. And were you called to any of the normal callings of a young yeah, the, the first calling of a young couple is to put us in nursery. nursery. So they put us in nursery first, and yeah. I was a Sunday school teacher, Sunday school president, and oh. so I, I've taught elders quorum and just taught in a lot That's of the very different active and different categories. So what what happens to kind of make you start thinking a little more differently about the church? Well, I started as a newlywed. I started asking questions, doctrinal questions. On my on my mission, you're very limited on what the reading material is that you can study, or at least on my oh, mission sure, was. Yeah. There's only certain books, and so I had a missionary um, journal where on my mission I would write questions, and, and one of my questions was, I was reading section 132 in the Doctrine and Covenants, and it says that Emma Smith was to accept all of the, the wives that, that have been given to Joseph Smith, and I, right there in my missionary journal I wrote, they wrote that in past tense. Is it possible 
that Joseph Smith had those wives before Emma even knew about it, and he's telling her that he she has to accept those. And so I said, look into that later. So you already, <laughs> that's pretty insightful on your mission. I mean, you just you thought that wrote it in your journal and yeah, started uh, studying it when i got home and that of course was blasphemy and it's huge isn't it it caused some marital problems and you don't even question those types of things don't don't be questioning that don't dive into those things isn't that amazing when i first read that i went back to the heading of section 132 mm -hmm. and it said that this this uh, policy or doctrine may have been known by joseph smith as early as 1831 right and we know, I guess, since then, I've, I've run across the fact that he had um, had some problems with, with young ladies. And, right. uh, and so, yeah, he must have been doing stuff before uh, he got that revelation mm -hmm. and telling Emma Smith she had to accept them or she was going to be destroyed. Yep. And yeah, so I that's amazing. So that started bothering you. Yeah, that one started bothering me, and I started asking questions to different people, and it, it really bothered my... Um, well, she's my ex-wife now. It really bothered her that I would question that. And so as we were started having... To even bring up the question. Yeah, we started having relationship problems. And, oh. and so I, I would say, you know, we really need to work on our relationship. We need to focus on that. And she said, it's not a relationship problem. It's your religion problem. It's you won't say, I know the church is true. And now you're questioning mm -hmm. things that you're reading right in the Doctrine and Covenants. Did you ever ask a bishop or well, a uh, leader or anybody? My ex-wife actually called the bishop because of some of the problems that we were having then and and she called the bishop and said that her and I needed to have an interview by him because I was having these problems and she didn't feel that I was worthy oh boy so in that interview I I talked to the bishop about you know the marital things that were going on and and said you know I I can't say that I know the church is true I can't say that any of those things that I know and so he read through the questions and he said, you know, there's nowhere on here that says that you have to say I know. He said, as far as I can tell, you're still temple-worthy and you can go. And yeah. he said, he, he then suggested, he said, you know, but the problem is your wife doesn't feel that you're worthy and she's hurt and doesn't trust you and, and oh doesn't boy. think that you should be able to, to go. go. through the temple. Did he take your temple recommend then? Or? Well, in that interview, the bishop suggested a very odd suggestion, I guess, to me. He said that that what he proposed that I do is that he would take my temple recommend away for one month and during that one month time I would bring home flowers to my wife and write her cards and and just really try to court her a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know? that's what he said. I needed to re-court her and rekindle our relationship and then he said after the one month um, you and I will meet back and forth a few times and I'll give it back to you and she'll believe that you've worked on things and that you're worthy again. And so I, he gave that suggestion and I was just baffled that that's what he would suggest that he would he would take my temple recommend so lightly and and just have me play games with my wife at the time so we, I, we went back home that night and i told her i said hey this well, you is, told her what he said yeah i said this is what the bishop suggested he told me to do this and this and this and he said he's taking it away and just to court you for a month and then he'll give it right back to me and i said i'm not going to do it because we need to be upfront and honest and yeah i'm not going to play games with you so what happened uh eventually she well that caused more problems obviously in yeah. a fight and so um, one night I said you know I really want to do whatever it is that makes this relationship work I want us to be able to to work things out and be together and she said you know I need to go upstairs and I need to pray about this so she went upstairs and she was gone for about 10 minutes and came back downstairs and 
She said, God told me that I should leave you. He said that we're not to be married anymore. And so I... Because you were certainly worthy, but she felt you were unworthy. Yeah, I was, I was in shock, and I tried to say, no, that's, that's not what the church would teach. That's not what God would teach. God wouldn't want divorce. He wouldn't want us to... I wouldn't think so. ...to separate from that, and I was no match for the voice of God. So no. my arguments were just kind of wonder where she got table. her answer from, don't you? <coughs> really? I do, and I yeah. questioned it. I, <laughs> we had gotten a new bishop at that time. He was a brand new bishop, and so I, I called him up and wanted to meet with him. And so I told him what had happened about my wife's prayer, and just to you know see what his thoughts were yeah. on the matter. What did he say? Well, he said that he agreed with her. He said, "Oh my." Yeah, he said. The reason that he thinks that she would get that answer from God is because I was questioning the church and no longer believed in the church in any way at that time. He said, because of that, I no longer at that time am worthy of a temple recommend. And so because of that, I would no longer be worthy to pull her through the veil into heaven. And so God would call her to find another man that would be worthy to do that. And I mean, I, I've seen was a couple quotes that, that he could pull that from, but it I was amazed that a church that promotes family so hard would say, yeah, you're justified in, in divorce. Just He doesn't believe in the church, so it's done. And that you weren't worthy to bring her through the veil mm -hmm. in the temple. And you've probably learned since then, and certainly from Bible scriptures, that God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Isn't that funny? Right. God <laughs> rent the veil of the temple in two so that all people could have access directly to God. And we don't need a priest. We don't need anybody in between uh -huh. to be able to, to pray to Him and worship and be a part of So you that. ended up um, divorcing, it sounds like. And we so did. were you able to... Um, so what happened in your walk with Mormonism or Christian walk uh, after this? Well, right right then I was very burned by religion completely. I just didn't, I guess you could say I became agnostic. I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't care. I was hurt by it. I felt abandoned by God for, I guess I blamed him for my marriage falling apart and just didn't want anything to do with it and fell away from oh. religion altogether for a couple of years. Isn't it interesting that the church seems to nurture the um, relationship with the church rather than a relationship with Jesus? Right. And when you fall away from the church or find out that there's a problem or it's not true, you end up uh, <laughs> kind of giving up on everything. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, my foundation was completely the church. The church is true, the church is right, follow the prophets. That was the foundation. And so when that crumbled, I, I was left yeah. with nothing and went through my period of a couple of years where I, I felt like I had literally lost everything. I'd hit bottom and yeah. didn't know where else were to go. Were you turn. worried about your salvation and your eternal life and all that? Well, I thought for sure that I was doomed. I didn't believe in the church and you're taught right from nursery age and primary to follow the prophet and don't go astray that this is the one true church and yeah. there's no other way so if I had fallen away from that yeah I felt like I, I was a failure and I was destined for so what, outer darkness. what happens to bring you around a little bit or what what what, what how it happened next? Well a friend had actually invited me to go to a a Christian church and I'd gone to Christian churches in the past I actually snuck into a couple of them <laughs> while on my mission. Oh um, you did? I did but uh I, it was always kind of more to prove them wrong, and they would say something, and I was just, oh, it was to prove them wrong. And so I went this one time with a friend, and I, I didn't go there with the intention of proving them wrong. I just kind of went. I was at bottom and just went to see what it was like. And as I was there, it, it wasn't at all the way that I had been taught as an active 
Latter-day Saint, what Christian churches were like, and I was open to actually listening to what the person was telling me. That yeah, what did you think that when you walked in there, your first experience? Did you what did you were expecting? Well, I was expecting a whole bunch of disagreements on salvation and how things are, because that's what the Latter-day Saints teaches, that all the different denominations fight against each uh, other, and yeah. they disagree, and there's so much disarray and yeah. disorder. And I went there, and it was just all of the focus was on Jesus. Everything was Jesus. He so completed different? the work. It, everything was Jesus. And I was just like, this is... I haven't heard the name Jesus taught so much ever in my whole life. It is amazing, isn't it? And mm -hmm. so, and what else did you experience, or what else did you hear? Well, af after I um, got back from that church, it um, kind of led me on a quest, or I guess reignited my quest from my mission to, yeah. to start diving into questions and start researching and studying again. And so, naturally, I actually started going back to the LDS church again. Well, you probably still believed the church was true, didn't you? I mean, even with its bumps or the problems that you had right. observed, you mm -hmm. still probably believed the church was true. Yeah, I'd had some questions and I felt burned by it, but that's what I was most comfortable with. That's yeah. what all of my friends and everybody I associated with was still LDS. And so that's yeah. where I started going back into and started researching and really wanted to know God at that point. And in my journey to really know God and study um, <laughs> church history and things, I a whole bunch of red flags and flares started popping up all over the place and I started asking questions to all sorts of people, bishops and everybody that I could come across, you know, what about this? What's your answer? How do you justify this teaching or yeah. polygamy? And I wouldn't accept just the normal answers. I really wanted to know. Yeah, the truth. Huh? Mm -hmm. Oh, did you have any uh, specific things that kind of really tipped you over the edge? <laughs> Just I mean, you mentioned polygamy, and that polygamy was a big, was a big one. one. The Emma Smith thing, and mm -hmm. did you know thing. that Joseph Smith had married teenagers and mm -hmm. women that had already married? Did you yeah, learn Fanny that? Yeah, Fanny Alger and lots of people's women men's that had wives that were married yeah, to men I, that were living at the time. I didn't know that at all. I didn't know that then, but as I started yeah. diving into my research, I was like, well, she was already married, yeah. and he believed. He well, so did I'm sorry. So go he ahead. was serving a mission. He was yeah. a faithful Latter Day Saint, and Joseph was sealed to her. He married her. Isn't that strange? And it just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. There was no reason. Even in the Book of Mormon, it teaches that the only reason to even justify polygamy at all is to raise up seed. And so, yeah. you know, what's wrong with the, the wife's husband that she's already married to? Yeah, you can't have more than one, one child at a time. Right. So, you eventually, uh, I mean, you're trying to reactivate yourself in Mormonism. Did that work? And, or did these other problems just become so... Well, as, as I was asking so many questions to the church members and an elders quorum and to my bishop, um, he actually took me aside and told me that I wasn't to ask any more questions while at church because, I mean, it was causing other people other to ask people questions. Were, and, oh, really? And said, you know, don't ask any more questions. And so Is that shocking? <laughs> it, it's shocking and it, it brought up hundred thousand other questions in my mind oh, that sure. I started really going into then and since I couldn't find the answers from the LDS sources yeah. that I was trying I, I started looking online I started checking books out at the library mm. and doing research in other yeah. ways to find answers that I wanted well so I know we actually running out of time here it seems like it's gone very quickly but tell me about how did you feel about Jesus as a, as a Latter-day Saint Jesus, as a Latter-day Saint, is, I mean, he's your elder brother. Yeah. He's, he's somebody that, um, I mean, you don't pray to him. He's, 
he atoned for your sins, but he's, you've still got to work to repent. And, and Jesus was just kind of a, an under-message. It, it wasn't the main focus. So I, I believed in Jesus, yeah. um, but it was more just he was my elder brother that I loved and respected and appreciated that he was the one that raised his hand and volunteered to come and sacrifice. Came up, came up it was first like, yeah, the rest of us could have done it, but he was the older one that decided to. Yeah. And so I didn't really reverence him in the way that I do now. Yeah, and so the the very first time in Christian in the Christian church, you noticed how much emphasis there is on him. And so, what do you? How do you feel about Jesus now? Well, Jesus is the main focus. All of the Old Testament law and things that the, the LDS put so much focus on, those all led up to Jesus. Jesus is the main focus. Those other things are just shadows and things that led up to Him. Yeah. He is the fulfillment. He is, he is God. He is truth. Yeah. He, is, he is the finished work. Isn't that, uh, it's such a joy, isn't it? Do you feel a burden lifted off your shoulders with this? It's, and you believe, of course, in grace now. I do. And that absolutely. Jesus paid for all of our sins. It's, it's a peace that I feel now, yeah. um, a peace that I never felt before, ever since age 19, clear up until I um, became a born-again Christian. That was my only one singular goal that I had, because I'm very goal-oriented. Yeah. My religious goal was I wanted to feel peace with where I stood with God, wow. and I never, ever could feel that as a Latter-day Saint, because I didn't know if I had done enough. I didn't know if I had um, worked out my own salvation enough. And I, I couldn't feel peace, but as soon as I accepted and embraced Jesus and His righteousness, um, that peace completely came over me, and I, I feel like I can love more. I, my whole outlook on life has changed yeah. because I have that burden lifted off of me. And you're not afraid to look at anything, are you? Mm -mm. I mean, you can study anything you want. You can study and ask questions and yeah, pursue so truth, and it doesn't matter at all. You're not burdened by that. No, not at all. If something's true, you know, you can research all you want, prove all things, yeah. test all things. And so I noticed that very hard in the Christian churches. I'd still go and I'd ask the Christian pastors a lot of different questions, and, yeah. and they would encourage me, you know, search that. You know, research well, a, it, find it out. Yeah, I'm sorry. In a, in a sentence or two, what would you say to the Latter-day Saints? I would tell the Latter-day Saints that peace can be found in this life, and that if the gospel message is true, then it does no harm at all to research it, and to even check only LDS Church History, Journal of Discourses, history of the church, you can use those references and find peace. You can find the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, thanks, Kyle. I sure appreciate you coming down from Twin Falls and appreciate you listening tonight and, and hope you learned something and we appreciate it and see you next week. Good night. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.